Welcome to the Wildly Rooted Podcast. I'm your host, Shayna Painter, integrative nutritionist and founder of Nourished by Shay. I'm on a mission to redefine wellness from obsessive, rigid, and restrictive to balanced, vibrant, and joyful. I'm so honored and grateful you are here. Let's get rooted. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is one I am so excited for you to listen to because I had the privilege and honor of interviewing acupuncturist Dr. Brianna Browning. I will keep my intro nice and short and sweet, but Brianna has been my acupuncturist for the past three-ish years and just played a pivotal role in my own healing journey that I knew I needed to have her on the podcast to share her wisdom and the way that she blends functional medicine and traditional Chinese medicine. We talk a bit about her fertility journey and fertility in general, as well as making the transition through the seasons as we will learn about the five elements in today's episode and how they relate back to the seasons and how we can best tend to ourselves. Giving Brianna some introduction here, she is an acupuncturist and functional medicine specialist in Truckee, California. She has a private clinic called Whole Roots Health. She's passionate about both research-based medicine and ancient healing techniques. Brianna partners with her patients to inspire health by focusing on root causes of disease, as well as creating holistic treatment plans that are personalized to the patient. Brianna obtained her doctorate in traditional Chinese medicine from Five Branches University in Santa Cruz, California, and she's a national board certified diplomat of acupuncture. She holds a California state license in acupuncture. She's an IFM certified functional medicine practitioner and a board certified fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive medicine. Not only does Brianna offer acupuncture through her private clinic, but she also offers treatments to cancer patients at the Tahoe Forest Hospital here in town. And that was actually how Brianna and I originally got connected as Brianna was providing treatment for my mother while she was undergoing colon cancer treatment back in 2019. Without further ado, let's dive into it. To get started, I would love to have you share about you and your journey into acupuncture and holistic health. Sure. Um, So my name is Brianna Browning. I am a licensed acupuncturist and also a functional medicine practitioner. My journey to acupuncture was not really direct. I didn't start there straight out the gates. Like most people, I kind of through my own experience just learned about its its value um, and how it helped me. So Let's see. I really, I started in film school actually down in Ojai in Southern California. And while I was down there, I met a woman. We did a documentary on this woman who was a Chinese medicine practitioner and she also ran a nightclub. And this nightclub funded her Chinese medicine clinic so that she could offer low cost healthcare, which I just thought was amazing. Right. And I knew nothing about acupuncture. And she sat me down. This is like while we're making the documentary. Um, and she, didn't ask me any questions. She looked at my tongue, she felt my pulse, she looked at my face, and then she was just like, you're not eating enough. (laughs) And she's just like, how heavy are your periods? And how often are you getting migraines? And I'm just like, who is this woman? (laughs) What kind of witchcraft is this? How does she know so much about me without even asking a single question? Um, And so that was really, you know, my first introduction to acupuncture and just kind of like, wow, there's, there's more out there, right, than just, you know, going to see a doctor and having them, you know, take your blood pressure and send you on your way. Um, And so it really wasn't long after, you know, our encounter that 
I just realized the path I was on was not for me. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself, just like she said, you know, it's like I wasn't eating enough. I was super insecure. I was taking, you know, weight loss supplements and, um, you know, just my value wasn't, I wasn't feeling valued in the work that I was doing. I, you know, miss my friends and family. And so it's just so many signs from the universe. It was just like, hey, pause and quit. And I'm so glad I did. I think often we, you know, we try and like push through experiences just to like stay the course and like, it's okay to make big pivotal changes, right? If it doesn't feel right. And so I completely switched careers, moved back home and ended up in the acupuncture path. And so I really kind of like credit this woman. Her name is Jewel. She's awesome. I won't get too much into her story, but she actually has a documentary about her called Jewel's Catch One. So check her out. Well, that's such a beautiful, just like redirection, exactly as you said, from the universe in terms of just taking you from where you were, where you thought you were going with your world and with your life. And then just saying, hey, actually, there's a whole other path to explore. And thank you, Jewel, for creating amazing, like just trajectory in terms of just that initial starting point for you to just really build out. That's incredible. Yeah. I talk about it with patients all the time, too, where it's just like, you know, it's like if we listen to the signs, it's like there's big changes that are okay to make. Like it might be like you do need to quit that job that you've been in for the last decade, you know, or maybe that relationship just is what's the biggest factor in your health decline, you know, and so it's it's okay to quit. It's, it's okay to turn around and walk away. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And once you kind of landed on that path of going back to school in acupuncture, like, can you talk to me about how that looked in terms of bringing you to today? Sure. So, yeah. So once I started acupuncture, I mean, it was a few years later. It wasn't directly after um, because I had to do, you know, more schooling to get into it. Um, But you know, I quickly, you know, I was reading so much about it and I just loved the idea of how we are interconnected with nature. It was a whole different way of looking at the human body, right? This interconnectedness and how um, everything we experience from, you know, the daily weather to, you know, what season we're in can have an impact on, you know, what's going on in our body. Um, And then, so that was just like so romantic to me, right? (laughs) But then once you get into school, you very quickly realize like, oh, wow, I'm in medical school. (laughs) Um, Really dense information, but um, so powerful. And so throughout that four four and a half year, five year process um, to get my master's, it really just changed my life. You know, I like learned how to take care of myself. Um, I learned how to understand what was going in my body um, and like tools to interpret that. And so it really just kind of changed my life in a way where um, I saw I saw the world differently and I saw myself differently and just felt empowered. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And I love the, you know, just overarching um, philosophy of traditional Chinese medicine. And like you mentioned, the interconnectedness between us and nature. And I think there's a lot more conversation around this idea that it's becoming more mainstream, which I think is so beautiful because more, the more we can kind of find those ties between the natural world and our existence, the more we're able to like kind of create this beautiful unity, not only with our health, but also like how we see the world, how we interact with the natural world, and also how that also impacts how we're feeling. 
know that traditional Chinese medicine really brings in these elements of the natural world. So kind of the overarching five elements. And you made a really beautiful post this past week about the five elements and also the energies that are tied to the five elements. And I'm curious if you could just walk us through like, what is the five elements? How do they connect to either other modalities? Like, you know, you had mentioned on Instagram how there's interconnectedness with even functional medicine Absolutely. and the five elements. So I'd love if you could just dive into that with us. Sure, sure. Yeah, five elements, huge topic. <laughs> um, so I guess like at the start of it, it's really, it originates from ancient Taoist philosophy, which their overarching theme is that the entire universe is interconnected. Literally nature, animals, um, elements, humans, like everything is an interconnected whole, interacting with each other, supporting each other, opposing each other, all of these movements. And the five elements are a way that you can organize, you know, the whole into various parts where there's similarities between them. How do we organize all of these different processes. And actually, you know, five elements, it technically is a poor translation. Um, it should be more, a better translation is more um, the five movements, the five phases, the five transformations, because it's really elements is kind of a, a static thing, right? And what we're talking about is more um, these cycles and these rhythms in nature, like the seasons, light, dark, our infradian rhythms, our menstrual cycles, you know, all of these movements to our health that are interacting with each other. So we take the five elements and we can organize this even within our own physiology. And so right now in the season of spring, even though it doesn't technically feel like spring yet here in the mountains. <laughs> we are in full spring for sure. I know, I'm willing it on. We are in spring. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we just entered into the wood element. And so the wood element, it's all about in our body, it's all about detox and biotransformation. It's correlated with the liver and the gallbladder. Um, we think of it as, you know, that free flow of chi, that free flow of movement, um, having to process not only what is physical and chemical and hormonal in our body, but also our own emotions, right? And so, you know, the liver has a huge job. Um, it's that connection that is connecting between water and fire, these polar opposites. It's like, what a hard thing to do to connect polar opposites, right? And we see that in the body with um, the huge job that the liver has. So yeah, so right here in this like wood, this wood time of year, um, the summer we move into the fire. And the fire physiologically is our cardiovascular system. It's our like metabolic fire. So you can even think about it as like your thyroid um, circulation. It's, um, you know, it's it's like that spark, that spark of life that's within us that, um, that you see in someone's eyes, right? It's like there, we call it your shen, your spirit. So super important. We call that the fire, like the governor of your body, um, that heart space. So then moving into late summer, we get into the earth element. Earth element, it's all about, you know, your stomach, your spleen, your digestion, um, a little bit different spleen in Chinese medicine. We think of it as more um, very much a digestive organ um, and also a hormonal, kind of similar to like the pancreas, right? But so we think about earth element as how, it's like our ability to nourish ourselves. Um, how can we take in food and water and our experiences and process it and break it down into a form that is usable for our, our own body? 
lots to talk about each of these, <laughs> but I'll give a brief overview. Yes, yeah, a brief overview, because I recognize this could be its own podcast uh -huh. in terms of just like each and every one getting my new. each one. Yes. <laughs> um, and then you get into the metal element, and the metal is the fall. Um, and metal can be kind of probably one of the elements that's a little bit harder for people to like understand. Like people can grasp like wood in the spring and like that earth um, and the fire and the sun, um, earth and the harvest, but metal, it's kind of a little bit more esoteric, right? And I like to think of it as, you know, it's all, it's, it's like all the, like the rocks and the minerals that are in the earth. It's all the things that are also just immaterial, you know, things that you can't see with your eye, your physical eye, but you know, they're there, right? Um, so it's kind of like that ether, that space. And within Chinese medicine, it's a very, it's kind of our connection to the outside world. So our lung and our large intestine, which physically is very much so our connection to the outside world, right? Like what we're breathing in and what we're releasing. So we can think of it as like our immune system and our, our barriers, it's like our skin. It's how we, how we kind of differentiate ourselves from the world around us and how we interact. Yeah, fall, fall's a juicy time too, you know? It's like, how do we refine and reflect and like let go of what's no longer serving us and also, taken something new with our breath. So we just left the winter, still here, but we're in transition. We'll call it that in between the water and wood phase where winter is all about resources. And I call it wintering. And I definitely wintered this year where I slowed down. Um, you know, I did a lot of rest. It's where we kind of are supposed to conserve. And if you look out into nature, it's like nature's doing that. They like, no, nature is wise. They know that it's time to put all the resources back into the roots, kind of like slow down, you know, metabolism. Let's like conserve so that we have energy in the spring to actually push through the soil and emerge again. Um, and so winter, you know, in our body, it's all about, I think of it as, you know, that kidney, those resources, that adrenal pathway. In kidneys in Chinese medicine, it's it's a lot more than what we see with the kidneys in Western medicine. It's not just, you know, a filter and, you know, our stress response. It has a lot to do with reproduction and our brain. We call it marrow. And so it's kind of like that neuroendocrine um, connection. It, our genetics, it's our essence. It's like what, what we come into this world with, our resources, right? So yeah, so there's, you know, all these different systems in our body that we can correlate into the five elements. And what's beautiful about it is that it gives us kind of like this roadmap that we can see how all these different systems are interrelating with each other, how they impact each other, how they influence each other, how if one gets backed up, you know, it might start, you know, overpowering another. And so the five element system, it has these different cycles, um, you know, and so we can use this as like a map when we're talking with patients where sometimes it can feel, you know, overwhelming where we're just someone comes in and they're just like, I have so much going on, you know, and they're just like listing pages of symptoms and they come in with like a stack of labs and they've seen 15 doctors and it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's take a step back and let's look at the big picture, you know, and we can even put these symptoms like literally on paper on the map so that they can see visually, 
okay, like, look, it's really like your liver and your earth element, like wood and your earth and your water. These are the ones like all your symptoms are in and look at where they lie on this map. They're all right next to each other interacting. Um, and so we can start to kind of peel back the layers and see like where to prioritize first. And often like the symptoms start to fade away. So oh. yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> no, that was so yeah. beautiful. And I think it it's just like a really great understanding of, you know, this interconnectedness and also to how we, when we start to connect ourselves back to nature and we start to connect ourselves back to us and the essence of us, that there's so much wisdom there, that there's so mm. much that is tangible in terms of understanding how to navigate this complex human body that, you know, has so many different systems and functions that it does feel overwhelming at times when we are just not feeling well and not feeling aligned with our highest self or whatever that looks like and, and how we can use this ancient system that has had wisdom beyond its many years of how we are deeply intertwined with our overarching essence with nature. So thank you. That was just so lovely. And, and also too, I love how you layer in you know, thinking about like that biotransformation, like that's very much a functional medicine term, you All know, right. the functional medicine matrix actually uses, you know, the digestive system and, and the cardiometabolic system and all of these, you know, elements to create this map. And it's just so amazing how traditional Chinese medicine was already eons before, you know, our Western experience of medicine and how this beautifully layers. I think, you know, there's definitely wisdom that's taken from traditional Chinese medicine into uh -huh. functional <laughs> because functional medicine originated from naturopathic medicine. So there's okay. definitely you know, ties so being pulled. Yes, there's so much overlap. And they're their own systems, but they're, they're yes. overlap. You know, I even, I remember being at my first, my very first like functional medicine conference and it was um, kind of like the introductory one and they're like mapping out the matrix and the timeline and like all these different categories. You know, you're like you were saying, the cardiometabolic and the biotransformation and the hormones and, you know, um, digestion and assimilation. And I was looking at it on this matrix they had and I'm like, that's the five element system, you know, and all these doctors were there just like minds blown about the interconnectedness of all these systems. And I'm like, guys, we've been talking about this for thousands of years. <laughs> You're like, we've been knowing. <laughs> but it was also really validating, you know, to see that like now, okay, like the nerd in me really enjoys seeing like, you know, let's see like the biochem and like the actual like physiology and like, let's like have this research that is like backing up what has been discussed for so long. You know, it's pretty cool to see science and medicine moving in that direction where they're, you know, prioritizing research that is going towards that mind-body connection and almost like quantum physics and, you know, things of that sort where um, it's exciting. Absolutely. Because I, I feel like that it's been so intangible for so long. And like you had mentioned, like esoteric, like with the metal element and, mm -hmm. and how sometimes traditional Chinese medicine can feel esoteric or philosophical. But then when you apply it and like actually look at the application from a scientific level, it is so very much tangible and, and, and so relatable to what we're experiencing. Um, and I'm curious, you, you know, 
I know you personally. I mean, we've worked together for three-ish years just about now, which has been such a blessing in my life. Um, But you share a lot about women's health and fertility and hormones. And fertility has also been something that you've had experience with in terms of your own personal journey to have Wesley here in the world with us today. And so I'm curious if you would share with our audience, you know, not only your, a little bit of your personal journey, if you feel comfortable with it, um, but also to how um, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine really supports the overarching, you know, balance of our hormones and even looking at reproduction and fertility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's easy now to like look back on my own fertility experience and like see the value in, in experiencing that when you're in it, it's, it's hard to see through that. <laughs> um, right. Um, all of it, my fertility experience happened, um, or my journey started, I should say, um, the same week that like COVID shutdowns happened. So I shut down my business. Um, I went in and found there wasn't a heartbeat all in the same week. And so it really kind of was just like my world felt like it was imploding. Right. Um, but my situation was unique in the fact that we didn't struggle to get pregnant. We actually got pregnant pretty easily, but I just kept having miscarriages. Um, And so through that, you know, now that I have Wesley, I have a healthy boy, um, I can really like see, you know, how much I learned in that process. Um, It wasn't the beginning of me learning about how to support fertility. I actually started that process while I was still in school. I apprenticed with a woman. And so um, I've always kind of, even before I graduated, I'd been in the fertility world. And so having my own personal experience definitely added an extra like layer to it where I could really, you know, connect with patients on a deeper level who have experienced loss. you know, I was, it gave me the opportunity to really implement all the things that I am teaching my patients and clients. Um, You know, I really, after the first one, I kind of, you know, like most people, I just kind of, you know, wallowed and was sad and, you know, drank too much and, you know, figured, you know, it's the, it's the, the odds, one in four is a loss, but after that, you know, it'll be fine. And so then after the second one, I was just like, okay, you know, let's like, let's use the tools that we have. Um, And so I cleaned it up. I cleaned up my nutrition. I did a bunch of functional tests and tested all my hormones and my husband got on board and I was getting acupuncture and herbs. And through this process, um, I eventually got there, Um, you know, but there's, there's so many, there's so many layers to a fertility journey. It's its own unique type of trauma for everyone because it encompasses so much. It's like your physical body, it's your hormones, it's your emotions, it's your relationship with your partner, it's your it's your vision for the future, you know? And so when that isn't happening, it's, um, it's like a shock to your whole being, right? And then, you know, you get into the medical world, conventional medicine, and it's really kind of a giant gaping hole, (laughs) Um, you know, and I knew that, but until I got to experience it firsthand, I didn't really fully understand like what it meant to experience that, you know, and I have a medical background, I have the resources, I went in there with, you know, the questions and like what I wanted testing, and it was still kind of just a roadblock. 
where they're just like, sorry, you know, until you've had that third loss, like you're not technically a recurrent miscarriage. We can't do anything for you. Um, and so it really was, yeah, I know. And it's like, and I was a person who, you know, I have resources and I can't order those on my own if I wanted, you know, and it's, I just thought about like all the women who go through that, who don't have those resources and like that background. And it just must be, feel so like lost and just hopeless, right? Absolutely, um, that you're not validated until you had a, have a third loss. Not okay. I no, <laughs> I mean, yeah. talk about, you know, completely, like you had mentioned, like the, the factor of your emotions when it comes to fertility and how that plays a role. And, you know, we haven't dove, dove in too deep into that, but I think just looking at that overarching piece of grief and, and how much that can really weigh on the physical system, not only on the spirit, how that really impacts, you know, how you're able to actually facilitate, you know, carrying through the, the full nine months. Sure. You know, and it's, you know, as anyone who's experienced loss before, um, you know, you don't have the carefree pregnancy after that, right? <laughs> it's like always in the back of your head. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, eventually you get there, hopefully, but you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's not like that first time where it's just, you know, carefree and exciting. Yeah. But like you asked how acupuncture can really, you know, support this process and how it supported me and how I support my patients. It's working on a lot of layers. You know, I think the first thing that, um, really stands out is that first visit where it's like, I want to hear your whole story. It's like, let's really sit down together and map this out, you know, because a lot of times, even just from hearing someone's full story and doing a deep dive into their history, their lifestyle, their menstrual cycles, you get a lot of information. So it's like, we start kind of with like the physical where it's like, let's, let's really like look at what's going on with the menstrual cycle. And is it, is it, um, regular? Is it, what is the flow like? Is there pain? Is it different every month? Um, what symptoms are you experiencing? And from that, you can kind of start to hone in on, okay, which hormones might be imbalanced um, that you might want to confirm with testing. So then you can like, kind of like, I like have this hierarchy where it's like, okay, let's start with, you know, the physical aspects and make sure that everything is happening hormonally and regularity. Let's look at, you know, what's going on. Are the tubes open? Um, and all of these things can be supported with acupuncture, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, if there's blocked tubes, there's things with acupuncture and castor oil and internal herbs that can unblock them. There's things that you can do depending on what your hormonal imbalances are. It's like, is there low progesterone or high estrogen or too much inflammation or androgens and PCOS? It's like all these things can certainly be addressed through Chinese medicine. You know, and this goes to show that like not even, you know, even women who are going through, you know, IVF or artificial reproductive technologies, there's still a role that can be played in that. So that's kind of my hierarchy where it's like, let's check the boxes. Let's make sure, you know, are you having intercourse on the right time? <laughs> because a lot of times we're not, and it's not when your app says, you know, are your cycles regular? Are your hormones okay? Are your, are your fallopian tubes open? Is your partner's sperm healthy? And a lot of times when all those boxes are checked, that's when we get into the realm of like, quote, unexplained infertility, right? Um, which is a lot of times when people, you know, come in for, you know, they're thinking outside of the box and they might want to try acupuncture for the first time, right? Um, and I really find that it's that unexplained infertility realm is where 
the combination of functional medicine and Chinese medicine really can shine because it's like we were talking about, it's like you just start working your way around the matrix and getting to a place where your all aspects of your whole self are getting optimized. Um, I use this analogy a lot um, in the fertility world when someone's like kind of in that realm where I talk about, you know, what was going on in history, right? In the dark ages where there was famine and there was war and there was disease and, you know, nothing was really happening besides survival. All resources were getting put towards that. And it wasn't until that Renaissance period when kind of all of that started to wash away that like people had room for creation and art and music and like resources towards that. Um, and that's what I think of with fertility too, where in its essence, it really is pure creation, right? It's art. It's your body being creative and, you know, bringing life. And so unless all of our fundamental needs are taken care of, um, survival, uh, our body's never going to be able to, you know, reproduce. And so I think that, you know, functional medicine and going through the matrix really can like help hone in on like what body processes need the support so that we can start allocating resources back towards reproduction. Absolutely. And it, it, my brain even just like went to like death and rebirth and like yeah. how that's so deeply intertwined with like nature, but also too with our own systems and, and how, you know, really fertility is such a huge factor. I mean, that is birth, that is giving life. And really exactly is. As, yeah, and exactly as you said, like that is creation, that is your body making physical, tangible art. Um, and, and you touched upon this in, in what you were explaining but is there really specific signs that you look for, you know, when it comes to either hormonal health or fertility that tell you whether things are optimal or inoptimal? You had mentioned, you know, just looking at the cycle as itself and, and how that is such a deep wealth of knowledge onto how optimized the, the hormone system might be. I'm curious if there's any other signs that you really look for when you're going through medical history, but also to um, appointments with clients. Yeah, I mean, really doing a deep dive in the menstrual cycle can really hone in on a lot of um, of the sex hormones. Um, you know, and I, I do use testing in my practice, but often it's like to confirm what we already know, <laughs> right? Yes, so, confirm well, the hypothesis. Uh -huh. um, and so really, I guess like starting with what I consider a normal cycle. Um, so normal menstrual cycle, I consider, you know, coming regularly every, every month, um, whatever that person's regular is. Maybe it's 26 days, maybe it's 30 days, but usually in the range between 26 to 30, 31 is what I like to see um, and consistently come. Um, I like the menstrual flow to be sufficient, but not feel like it's hemorrhaging and like leaking through your pants. But I want there to be some, you know, a good amount. Um, and I want it to be red, not clotted, not watery, not brown. So I'm really like getting into the nitty gritty as to like what, you know, what is the color like? What does the texture feel like? And there ultimately shouldn't, there shouldn't be pain with menstrual cycles where I know that it's, it's common, right? But common doesn't mean normal. And so you should, you know, your period should be able to come and go without disrupting your day-to-day -day life, you know, and you shouldn't have a whole week plus leading up to it with huge premenstrual symptoms and like breast tenderness and mood swings and feeling like your whole world is crumbling. Um, and so, you know, normal would be, you know, coming regularly, ample flow, this bright red, um, no pain, 
comes and goes without without you know much thought that unicorn cycle right <laughs> i was just gonna say that that some people listening must be like wow that's like a dream if i could achieve that <laughs> and so some signs of um, common hormonal imbalances that I'll see um, with maybe someone has higher estrogen. Oftentimes you'll get like more pain, more premenstrual symptoms, heavy bleeding, clotting. So whenever I hear these symptoms, I'm kind of already thinking in my mind, kind of like going through the matrix, like, okay, you know, why is their estrogen high? Is there some type of like toxic exposure? Are there detox pathways backed up? Maybe they're not having regular bowel movements. And so I start thinking of like all these different connections, right? Another common one I'll see, you know, is like low progesterone. That could be from a lot of different reasons, but Often that will present as things like spotting prior to your period, kind of like maybe mid-cycle or, you know, your period wants to start, but it doesn't. So you're getting like brown spotting or maybe it trails off at the end. It can be, you know, like lower moods. It can be, you know, maybe your period comes early, things like that. Um, often when I'm hearing those symptoms, my head is starting to go towards like, okay, low progesterone. And then we start working more on like, and quality and nutrition and getting you know their stress pathways in line because like we said when we talked about like the renaissance and the dark ages it's like if your body is in survival mode and constantly stressed resources are not going to go towards making a healthy follicle and so you know what's another common one i see probably you know like high androgens like testosterone things like that um Oftentimes that can present as maybe the cycles aren't as regular. Maybe you have some pain mid-cycle or a history of cysts. You know, it's almost like this cycle, it was perfect. And the next cycle, you know, it didn't come for 40 days or 50 days. Um, and so in that regard, then my mind starts going towards, you know, more that like earth pathway, that metabolic, that insulin, um, you know. And so you can kind of just start to see when you do this enough patterns that are that are commonly presented and then how you can use the matrix and the elements to untangle that right i love that you highlight just so many different areas that can be of result of seeing these in optimal you know hormones but also two presentations in in our menstrual cycle i think more often than not there's been a really big pigeonholing of nutrition being this isolated piece as to why these ripple effects happen but as you mentioned you know looking at stress looking at exposures in our environment all of these factors really do play such a significant role in, in the way that our menstrual cycle is presenting and how our hormones are either imbalanced or balanced and that's not to say that nutrition doesn't play a role but certainly it is just a small sliver of the pie that we need to then widen out our view you mentioned stepping back and just kind of looking at the systems and how they're communicating with each other absolutely yeah so much that we can so much information we can gain from just listening to our body right our own cycles our own rhythms it's, it's information and with our hormones it's you know they're just responding to inputs you know i never i don't think of hormones as the root problem oftentimes it's like it's our bodies you know trying to compensate and find balance um, for other systems that are considered more important right um absolutely yeah. Yeah, no, I think that was that's so beautiful and, and just a really good reminder for all of us that, you know, taking a step back and and 
single hormones for what they are. And then asking yourself, you know, what are some other areas that they could be responding to? Just thinking about the fact that they are messengers. We are just responding to the inputs that they're being provided and kind of looking at it from that lens rather than from that root cause end all be all lens. Um, I think that that's just like a really poignant. um, Well, it's just realizing that our, our bodies want to be in balance. You know, it's like they, their set point is homeostasis. And so when we're having these symptoms, it's not that our body is broken or that, you know, our hormones are mad at us or, you know, it's like, it's literally them just responding to what's going on in our environment and in our bodies and trying to find that balance. And sometimes that balance means bleeding heavily, you know, to rid itself of, you know, excess toxins that your gut can't rid itself of, you know, there's, there's reasons for these things that are happening. And so once we kind of understand that it can allow us to have a little bit more like empathy for ourselves and our own experience and like work as a team with our own body instead of you know trying to fight it (laughs) absolutely and i I, that's actually something i was just going to say is tcm and acupuncture feel so gently compassionate about the body and gently compassionate about not only the individual's role and how the body performs, but also to how the body is relaying information and signs as to where it's trying to look for balance and that homeostasis. Is there ways that you recommend using traditional Chinese medicine, of course, other than visiting an acupuncturist regularly, which I recommend that everyone does. Um, It's a modality that I've been involved in for five plus years now, and it's been just so impactful. Um, And so I'm curious if there's any ways that we could use TCM in a gentle and compassionate way to support our systems. Sure. I mean, absolutely. Um, Now that we are moving into spring one of the best ways that you can do this to just really support those natural rhythms is eat seasonally right it seems so simple but it's like whatever nature is producing during that time of year that is what your body is really needing and so you know we see in the springtime a lot of like those bitter greens coming about and bitter herbs and so it's a good time you know, to use those as a way to support our detox pathways and get our digestion up and going, kind of like getting movement in our body physiologically from, you know, that winter of storage and slowing down. It's like the bitters can kind of help kickstart that. Um, So yeah, so seasonal eating is definitely an easy one that everyone can do without seeing an acupuncturist. What else? This time of year, you know, you hear a lot about like detox and spring cleanses and, um, I always think it's a good idea to like work with someone when you're doing something like that, but something that you can, yeah, (laughs) Um, something you can do on your, at home, you know, it's not just physical detox. It's like, let's, let's detox our brain space, our mental detox. Right. And so this time of year, I always make a point to like, okay, I'm cleaning out my desk. Um, I am going through my email inbox and, you know, organizing it and like cleaning it up. Um, What else? go through your social media accounts and just like unfollow anyone who isn't resonating anymore and like reburst it with like inspiration, right? It's like have a rebirth of your IG feed um, and see how it changes your life. (laughs) Um, So little things like that where it's just like, okay, like let's detox our whole being and we can use this time as once you like clean out that space of that old, it creates room for future visioning. And that's what the wood element is all about. It's like, 
how can we see our future and see what our virtue is, what our path is and like stay that course. And so this is a really potent time for setting those intentions and those visions for the future and kind of like planning, um, being strategic with it. I mean, I guess just like at every season, I really try to take a day, I mean, at least one day and go out in nature completely by yourself don't bring your phone don't try and like make an instagram reel out of it you know and just connect with nature just like observe that's what the five elements are all about is just observation of nature and how they influence our body and so really just you know taking some time to just be a witness to what nature is during that time of year it can it can really bring some insights into your own self and well-being so yeah get outside <laughs> you know, to your point, like there's so much area outside of our physical body and supporting the, you know, just balance of it, you know, just thinking about what we're exposing ourselves to through Instagram and our environment. And that is also playing such a significant role in how our internal systems responding, just thinking about that mirror, right? You know, we are a mirror to everything that we are exposed to. Nature is a mirror to us. And so how can we look into that mirror and just kind of gain some bits of wisdom and just be radically honest with ourselves, of course, in a gentle and compassionate way to where we can start to continue to move the vision along, continue to support our overarching plan for ourselves or, you know, reach that alignment that we're looking for in our lives. So that was so beautiful and poignant. And, you know, I, I think it answers our next question, which I was going to ask you, you know, specific um, practices that you like to integrate during this crossover from winter to spring. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to that kind of idea? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such, it's a really challenging year for a lot of people. And if you think about what's happening in nature, it's like we go through this period of contraction and our resources and slowing down and like all of our energy going into the roots and like, you know, what nature is doing. And then all of a sudden you have to like burst through the soil and emerge. And if you are, you know, in this period like this, where it's like a prolonged winter covered in ice, it's like that emergence can be really tricky. And so you see it a lot in people's mental health this year, um, wanting to move forward with their vision, but not quite being able to yet. Um, it can feel like a big setback, um, you know? And so I think that the best thing that you can do, you know, for your nervous system and for your mental health when you're feeling stuck is movement, right? It's like, it's time to kind of move out of that slowing down and that contraction. And it's like, it's time to move the body a little bit more. And like movement can have a whole spectrum depending on where you're at, but it can even just be simple walks, just getting outside and moving. It can be, you know, laughing as a form of movement, shaking as a form of movement, you know, maybe signing up for a gym if you're a gym person, but it's a really like good potent time of year, you know, to really like implement that new, that new movement into your life. Yeah, and it reminds me of like with bears and hibernation, how they are so static and and they're just in their little cocoons that they created for themselves for three plus months, however long they're there. And then, you know, they got to get out and they got to shake it off and, and kind of move around and it might be slow to start, but eventually they start to build back their, you know, ability to have more stamina and more endurance. And then they are fully, you know, doing, doing their bear things. Um but I think that is such a good reminder for us all that, you know, we can have times of inflection, we can have times of rest and in contraction, and then we can open up and expand. And there's, there's room for that in the, 
just cyclical nature of the seasons and the cyclical nature that our body prefers to be in. Yeah, it's, it's necessary. And really, I mean, we can't constantly be go, 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 go. And we all know what that feels like. And it's burnout, right? And so it's like, we can use these seasons to like plan out your life and plan out your career if you're able to, to where like, okay, maybe spring is the time where we, you know, really start that new project so that we can launch it in the summer, um, you know, and like use winter as a time for just planting seeds and like honing in, you know, there's, so there's ways that we can live within nature that's beyond our health, you know, it's family planning and trips or, you know, your own personal projects or art and creation. It's like, this is your whole being, right? Not just your physical body. Mm, I love that. I think that is just so such a beautiful reminder for us all that we don't have to be so hyper-focused on the physical body and, and reaching this optimal health that we can actually do that in different ways through our lifestyle and, and how we choose to live in rhythm with nature. And of course, you know, we all know that we can't be perfect with this. We can't just, you know, decide to go off the grid and, and just live <laughs> by the seasons. I, I would sure. love to do, I know we would love to do that. <laughs> um, but, you know, just finding small ways that you can take this deep wisdom and implement it that feels realistic and sustainable to your lifestyle and, and where you're at in the world. 100%. Yeah, we have to, you know, take these take these philosophies and still adapt it to modern day life, right? <laughs> Adaptation. I think that is a word that needs to be thrown around a little bit more. Absolutely. <laughs> There's room for evolution. We are allowed to change. <laughs> yes, yes. And and stagnancy is is not necessarily our best friend here. No. Yeah. Especially this time of year. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. 100 percent Oh, well, thank you so much, Brianna. This has been just such a delightful conversation. And I've learned so much, even though I have heard so much wisdom from you just in our times together. And um, I'm curious if, if there's anything else that you'd like to leave with the audience. Um, any where that they can find you, any kind of follow-up last bits of information or wisdom? Yeah, sure. I mean, you guys can all find me um, on Instagram at Whole Roots Health is my practice. You know, I'm really in the beginning stages of starting some programs that's going to start to integrate the five elements and functional medicine and how we can relate that to our own well-being. Um, so stay tuned for that, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, but yeah, for now, let's connect on Instagram beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. That was fun, Shana. Thank you for joining us for an episode of the Wildly Rooted podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed today's episode. I'd also love to hear from you. So leave a review if you wish, and I can't wait to catch up with you in the next episode. Bye.